Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 139. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm a specialist in performance and mindset, working with entrepreneurs at all levels all over the world, supporting them to be the best and perform at the highest levels in life and business. And I achieve this through my coaching, mentoring, and online programs. My aim is simple. It's for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons and resources shared in these episodes. Remember, to be exceptional will require us to pause, reflect, and implement. Let's get on with the show. So this week's guest is Nicholas Vandenberg. Now, Nicholas began his career selling newspapers in the streets of Paris. In high school, he studied maths at Ecole Polytechnique and then received his MBA from Stanford. He started and sold three tech companies with up to 65 employees and $11 million in revenues. And he also ran sales for a $2 billion telecom firm negotiating deals with companies like Google. In 2016, he co-founded his fourth startup and is presently the CEO of the SaaS firm Chili Piper, which he bootstrapped past $2 million before attracting seed funding of $3 million in 2019. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So Nicholas, before we dive in, can you just give us a little bit of a backstory of what's brought you to this point today? Sure. So I'm sure you will guess from my accent... um... Even though I'm based in Brooklyn, I'm uh, originally from further east. I'm French. I grew up in the south of France. Uh, I came to the U.S. in the mid-90s with the uh, idea of traveling the world, because I love traveling. And uh, at that time, I went to Stanford Business School. And a classmate of mine called Steve Jefferson uh, invited Steve Jobs to talk to the students. Uh, Steve at the time was running... uh, a company called Next. Then the joke was that he was taking it uh, next to nowhere. Uh, so we all sat down and listened to him. And, you know, in spite of his trouble, I thought, this is amazing. That's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be a tech entrepreneur like these guys and, and build things and ship it to millions of people. And so my plans completely changed. I uh, decided to no longer travel around the world and stay in the Bay Area and become a tech entrepreneur. So that's what I did. And ironically, my first company, I did it in partnership with John Scully, the nemesis of Steve Jobs. Uh, as just fate would have it, just run into John and we did business together. Um, and so that was a very successful first company. Then I did some others with some nice exits. And, um, and more recently, I decided to go back to business and um, start a company called Chili Piper, uh, focused on sales technology, so technology to help salespeople do their job, and that's uh, what I'm running currently. Fantastic. And what um, what got you to want to start Chili Piper in in that on that platform? What specifically did you kind of like go through and go? Do you know what that pr- that product yes, needs to be you, created? So the, before uh, the particular product. Um, two things got me started. One is that I love sales and not everybody does, but I do. I I, uh, funded my uh, studies by selling newspapers in the streets and I just loved it. The fact that people were buying things for me, I thought was so so odd and yet so satisfying. Um, And 
so when I when it came time to do a new venture, uh, I was thinking if I could work in sales, that would be uh, very pleasant for me. The um, catalyst was um, 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 the work I did a few years earlier with, for a friend of mine who had started a telecom startup and I was running sales, so I was VP of sales. And I uh, found that the sales team refused to use a CRM, which at the time was Salesforce. Yeah, and you, yeah you, uh, I've heard that one a few times. That's right, exactly. <laughs> they say, I don't, I, don't, I don't pay you if you don't put it in Salesforce. Yeah. And, and I thought, you know, this is really strange because my daughter, I don't uh, say, you know, I don't give you your allowance if you don't use your iPhone, right? Mm. Uh, that's Absolutely. quite the opposite. So you think there's a disconnect there. The, the tech is supposed to help people and make them excited, not to be a, a punishment. So when um, that's what got me started, I think it's time for uh, new tools for salespeople that they're excited about, that they, they um, feel attached to, just like they feel attached to their iPhone. And so that's what got me started. And, um, and this idea of doing a new company around sales tech. That's fantastic. And how many people do you employ um, within Chili Piper? So we have 42 employees, and these employees are in 36 cities in 16 countries. We made the choice to be a remote company, distributed company, uh, for two reasons. The first one is... Um, I'm a strong believer that there is talent all over the world. There are smart, talented people in every country. And why restrict myself to, say, Brooklyn or the Bay Area uh, for access to this talent when, it, when the world could be my poor? So that's the number one thing. Um, and the second thing is, um, as I mentioned earlier, I love traveling. And uh, uh, I want to enable this lifestyle for the people who work with us to work from wherever they want. So if you combine the two, say, okay, we're going to hire anywhere, let people go wherever they want and, and do that. And as you can tell, it's working really well because by now we're 36 cities. Every time we, we hire a new employee, it's almost like a, a requirement that that employee has to be in a new city because we want to add it to a scorecard, right? And it can be obscure, even better, right? So we just hire somebody in London and say, that's just so boring, London, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, we need someone with an unpronounceable name in South Wales or something. Just to, <laughs> exactly, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I've always wanted to go here, so let's go find. Yeah, that's right. The the the, 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 the city name with the most uh, consumed. You know, like if, if, yeah. if there's no vowel, perfect. Yeah. That's why we want to hire you. <laughs> yeah. You need to look at the longest city, um, the longest place's name. It's in Wales, um, and it just looks like some sort of scrabble quiz yeah i know it looks like somebody fell asleep on their keyboard it, it right? does yeah it does exactly yeah absolutely so so with regards to that how do you how do you create a structure to manage people on a on on that global scale do you just simply go well this is how i would do it if they were in the office so therefore i'm going to now set those processes and systems in place what sort of um strategy do you in, in, instill within your work ethic but then also within your team's work ethic to work together um so no we absolutely do not duplicate uh, how things would be done physically and it is a funny um, some time here entrepreneur says oh, i'm going to do this virtual presence i think i think like, you don't need the, the world digital world is different you don't need to try to re re replicate replicate it we we um 
there's something fundamentally different um, that every, everything is done online on a computer. So everything has a, has a digital footprint. What I mean by that is that uh, our engineers' work is uh, committed in GitHub right? or Bitbucket, whichever one we use. Um, so I know if they're committing or not, right? If they're working, you, you, you think, our salespeople, it's crazy, but um, nowadays, prospects don't even want to meet us in person. And even before the, before, before the coronavirus, um, I had a prospect in New York, I'm in Brooklyn, it's a 10 minute car ride, and I said, do you want me to come over? I said, no, 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 just do it on video. I didn't take offense of it, but it is true that they don't want to see me. But it is true that it's just so much more efficient. We don't have the thank you, hey, you want coffee, you want coffee. No, we just get on Zoom, we discuss business. Uh, I love the idea of uh, being able to do video calls because you see more of the other person, but, but that's much more efficient. So as the work has switched to digital support, um, then some things special happen is that everything is recorded. So when a sales rep in our team calls somebody, it's recorded. Uh, when, as I said, an engineer submits something, it's recorded. So now you have everything, uh, you know exactly how people are uh, um, performing because everything is uh, digitally recorded. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it was a matter of um, now putting new structures in place to take advantage of this. So typically what we do, we do a couple of other things. One is that we do uh, Zoom calls. So we do video calls to, to talk to one another. Once a week, we have a company call with everybody on the Friday, and we review our business is going and our product is progressing um, on, a, on a Zoom call. Then we use Slack a lot. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Slack, frankly, because... Uh, so do I. I yeah, know exactly right, what right, you mean. Jesus, won't fit, leave me alone. You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I wish Slack had an outage today that I'd be free yeah. to, to do some work, you know? Um, but but obviously, uh, like every good thing, uh, some excess. Uh, but overall, it's working very well. Uh, and for a remote team like us, uh, the number one feature, you know, it's like I said, the great features search uh, instantly. The number one feature for us is emoticons. You know, <laughs> so you, can put, you can put joy and, uh, and, and or giphy also the other one. But what I mean by that is that it's, a, it's very much a tool for... Um, for um, engagement, right? Uh, like feeling that we we part of the same team. So we use that, and then we have things. So that's basic. Uh, then we have some uh, more innovative ways to use existing tools. So one of them is what we call decision memo. It comes from Jeff Bezos who uh, had worked in, on Wall Street and found that these long meetings were a bit useless. So he said, I'm not going to do meetings the way you guys do it. Uh, we're going to have uh, the concept of a decision memo where one member of the team will write a six-page memo on what this meeting is about and when it is to be decided. When the meeting starts, everybody reads the memo so that we don't have to worry whether, whether people have read it or not. 20 minutes into it, we discuss it, we decide. So I thought, that's awesome, let's do it. So we did it with a twist. We did uh, the memo online. So the person write the memo, then upload it on a Google Doc. And then we thought, well, we don't need a meeting. We can just have comments on the Google Doc, right? <laughs> so people said, right? We write what they think of that. 
And that has worked incredibly well. You write the decision memo, you have people uh, commenting, and then the the uh, solution very very most of the time uh, emerges very quickly. And at the end, you just write at the end of the memo a decision. Uh, I have this red um, Google Doc ink where it's a decision made on you know April second. This is what we're going to do. So that decision memo thing is, is, is it's uh, very strong because. Uh, decisions are more factual, fact-driven, and docu documented, right? Because there's a memo there, so that's why we do that. So that's been an interesting, uh, interesting thing. We also use OKR, so objective key results that comes, um, I'm not sure whether it was, uh, yeah, I think it was invented at Intel, but it's a concept that, that uh, everybody in the company has a clear objective every month, and that objective is uh, is a uh, um, match with a key result. In other words, having an objective is a good thing, but if you don't know if you've met it or not, it's not so useful. So there's a key result that's either true or not true um, that can be achieved. So we do that for everybody. And um, it's not necessarily related to compensation, but it's, it's a, a clear way to communicate to everybody what we're trying to achieve and what everybody's part is, is all about. Uh, so that that has uh, worked well for us, also. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is is that you're demonstrating is is one how much time is saved by not, you know, even how much money you save from coffees for God's sake than through Zoom, but you know all of that stuff is about clear lines of communication, and for the way sort of you, you record your calls and and that stuff is that. Do you use that for your staff development as well as almost like a, this is how you had this communication, this is how it could have been done better? Do you use it from a, a learning perspective as well? Yes, exactly. That, uh, that's the key stage. We, we, uh, we do core reviews uh, and demo reviews, um, and, and it's a key part uh, of, of, of our process. And that... That is really something very powerful because in the old days, the sales rep would go to their meeting, come back and say it went well, and you had no idea what had happened, right? And they say, what the hell did you tell them? Uh, but now it's all recorded. So you see, so you, and you, you can couch, it, couch people and coach people. I mean, um, and it's, um, it's very, very powerful. So we use it very extensively. Uh, Everybody has a, at least a one-hour session every week with our director of revenue performance to work on on something, and it's based on the on the recordings. Yeah, and it reduces that they've just promised you the world, but that was never what was written on the order kind of like thing. So you kind of like know what what they are doing and how they're doing it, and if they're staying on on message to what the business that, is trying to do. That's right. That's right. And then we at Chili Pepper are doing our piece uh, on this. Um, transformation, I would call it, of uh, how sales uh, um, reps are managed and developed. So the recording, and it's typically the recording companies like Gong, which is a customer of TD Piper, and Chorus, which hopefully we still be, um, that are very useful. But then there's an entire other piece of work that needs attention, and that's the email exchanges right so a call is important but then you're sending all these emails and then you think well what about these emails are, are we sure that they uh that they uh are 
communicating by email the way um, the optimal way or just can we help so we we are just about to launch chili inbox so chili pepper chili inbox which is a, an inbox with commenting so you can review you can access his, his that simple but incredibly powerful you can access the threads of your reps so you can i can see what my uh, uh account executives um, as uh, email uh, called uh, hp and then uh, um, i can both coach retroactively and say so next time you should uh, make sure that you mention this but also proactively so when I, so what they will do is that they will ping me and say hey nicholas uh, this is the answer I'm getting. What do you suggest I do? And and I can coach proactively. I say, well, why don't you, uh, you know, reframe the issue, uh, you know, change the reference point of the thing, and explain, uh, or just simply send that particular video of our you know, of a customer study. Often, it's it's uh, it's really about uh, um, framing the 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 topic in the right light and uh, you know there's this uh, i read a lot of neuroscience and and there's this uh, growing evidence of the importance of reference points so in in uh, behavioral economics people call it anchoring so you you know if you anchor somewhere that you but everybody when they assess something they have reference points and the salesperson is the person with the option to change the reference point so to at least uh, um bring to light some other reference point that may uh, may uh, have uh, the prospect consider things differently and that can actually be done by email very much so right you can say um, you can in an email say i would like you to look at consider these additional facts and and uh, and um, and you will see people flipping right you will see people saying well that's a good point uh, let's have a call uh, it, it happened to me last week. Uh, I said, uh, with Corona, we don't need to do anything. You write a good email, say, you know what, you write, let's meet. You know, <laughs> and, and then you meet, and then and then and then you you get the right reference point. And it, it's 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 uh, it's not manipulation. It's uh, often people uh, in their job they have a certain set of reference points, and if you, by bringing new reference points, you helping them. Yeah, right? it's a moment of magic when you see that. Yeah, see them, yeah, go into it. You're like, ah, excellent. We've got them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it does feel very satisfying. They say, it's, it's, it's a good thing to see, I told you. <laughs> hey guys, did you know that I was putting together an online event during May to assist you in transforming your results for creating success in your life and business? With over 10 hours of training sessions, seven experts in a variety of disciplines who will share strategies, tactics, including topics such as sales, branding, mindset, productivity, resilience, video, and more. With only a few days left of the early bird offer where you can get the all access pass, which starts from only 50 pounds. So act now. Don't let fear or demotivation stop you from getting the results you need to enjoy an exceptional life and business. Stay safe, stay well, and stay positive. Take care. Okay, so what I'd like to do now is I'd like to go to the second part of the show. This is where I get to ask you a set of questions. Um, and we will, um, I ask every single guest who comes on the show these questions. So are you ready, sir? 
sure. Okay, the first question is, on average, how much time a week do you dedicate to self-development? That's body, mind, and spirit. Body, mind, and spirit. So uh, I do physical exercise every morning for, for uh, 45 minutes. So what's that for a week? <laughs> you help me with that. Let's call it five, five hours plus uh, I, I run... Uh, I run uh, 11 kilometers every every Saturday, so that's the, let's call it six hours, and, and then I spend. So on the spirit, I'm, I'm less uh, generous. <laughs> you're French. You're naturally I, 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 spiritual. That's a good one. I was I was born with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I do meditate uh, a little bit in the morning, but for a few minutes. Um, Call it five minutes, so so that's a much smaller thing. But but it, it helps me a lot. I used to do longer sessions and and, uh, fun. and on the mind, uh, I, I read tons. I, I spend tons of time reading. Yes, no, no, but I, I, I work wise, right? So so not uh, actually. I, I I read some of the obscure stuff like neuroscience, things like things. But I do spend a lot of time. Um, um, for example, books around sales. So if there's a new book on sales, I'll read it. And, and so I, for sure, um, I spend um, f five to 10 hours a week on, on reading things that are relevant to my uh, professional development. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, question number two, what book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? I would say the uh, growth mindset by Carol Dreck. I don't know if you heard of that book, but it it um, it, it, it was very impactful. Uh, for, 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 uh, you know, I, I, coming from France, uh, where uh, it, it, the approach is very different, where you you you're smart, you need it, and yeah. that's your destiny. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then. And you know, I studied math all, all, all my life, so, so there was—you uh, could tell some people were getting it, and other people not getting it. And it, it, it gives you this uh, idea that that's the way the world is. And when uh, I read that book with all the progress, um, that was very influential. There's a relate, somewhat related book called Peak Performance that I also really enjoy. But that that Carl Dweck book uh, for me is the is the foundation of personal development. Brilliant. Okay, question number three. <laughs> what app makes the biggest impact to your business or life? So you'll get a kick out of that. Uh, it didn't exist, so I uh, created a side company and, and created the app. So it's, uh, it, it's, called, it's, it's the truth. It's called Gypsy Time. I, I'm about to launch it. I'm using it myself. It's, um, it's a to-do list with a twist. It's a to-do to list focused on actually doing as opposed to listing. Oh, yes. So, uh, <laughs> you gotta right, need you got to need some of them because everything's just like writing the ultimate list. Well, that, that's right. But the other thing that, you know, what I found is that I would uh, track my task and put them in the list and the list keeps accumulating and it keeps growing. <laughs> I think, but that's not helpful because every day I have 20 tasks to move to tomorrow. Okay, there are 25 tasks to move to tomorrow. You know, it's, it's completely uh, depressing. So, um, <laughs> I'm getting further behind. So, 
with the co-founder, we created a task where it says, okay, so let me focus on this task, right? So we have a, the ability to say, I'm doing this task, I close all the tabs, I'm just focused on that task and record how much time I spend on it. And then we also have um, the ability to, of course, pin a task in a particular time of the day to make sure we try to do it at that time. And the next thing we're coming up with, which I love, is the concept of um, task sprint. So the sprint, like in the software engineering, we do the sprint. So you just, you just block this time, and it is my time to try to knock down as many uh, tasks as I can in these three hours that I've uh, blocked. So it's, it's a very different twist on task. It's, it's very focused on achieving, not recording how many things I need to do. And that is the thing that's really helping me. Brilliant. And that, what's that called? Gypsy? Timer. Timer. Gypsy. Yeah, Gypsy, like Gypsy King. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. G-I-P-S-Y and time. Gypsy okay. Time. And, and that's not out yet, but it'll be launching soon, yeah? Uh, it's actually now already uh, available. You can oh, uh, try it better. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Always love a new app. Okay. So um, for you, question number four, what's your biggest business mistake, which turned into a valuable lesson and what did it teach you? So look, I've been around the block. So I've had... Just, just pick one. <laughs> well, for so many jobs. Uh, so I'll go with the most recent. Uh, how's that for... for the most recent when I started uh, the company, it wasn't called Chili Pepper. It was called something else. It was called Floating Apps. And uh, I had this idea that I would help salespeople update the CRM. So I built a solution that uh, was smart. It went into uh, the rep's email, contacts, phone, find the information and put in the CRM for them so they don't have to do it. And that was brilliant. Uh, I started on that. And then uh, it turned out they had two direct competitors, and that's Salesforce, which was obviously the king of CRM, but both competitors. And um, so that, in such, is not the mistake of mine, right? Because it's just bad luck. But the mistake I made is that I listened to people, and everybody said, You're dead. Everybody said, You're dead. You, you're, how can you, uh, Salesforce bought your competitors, you're dead. You cannot uh, reasonably continue on uh, assuming that Salesforce is not going to do a good job with the two acquisitions. So I completely pivoted, I restarted, rebranded, uh, Alina, my wife, came on board as co-founder and we started um, Chili Pepper around scheduling and processing inbound leads. So it's a completely different uh, solution. Here we are a few years later, where Salesforce did screw up uh, the acquisition and if I had continued, I would probably be way ahead uh, in my, uh, in my uh, revenues. So the, the biggest business mistake, I don't know if it's my biggest ever, but the, the, the big business mistake I made is go with the conventional wisdom. You do not want to do that. It's, it's, I should know better as an entrepreneur. You do not want to do that. You want to look at the facts. You want to look at, at, at what's likely to happen. And, and, uh, and the world is never black and white. So in the gray area, how are things going to happen? And then how are you going to take advantage of it? If I had done that, as I said, it would be ahead on revenues right now. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that your gut was saying to carry on, but then you listened to others, or it was just you, there was, you were paying more attention to the exterior forces than the internal? Yes, I would say that in slightly differently, uh, when, this kind of, when these kind of things happen to you, it, you're down, right? So, so you're right. My gut was saying, well, 
it's too completely obvious that you stop. But when you're down, you're more you're more uh, uh, susceptible to listening to bad advice, interaction, and interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, okay. Number five is what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life, and how do you manage them? Uh, I'll tell you how I do it. I don't. I don't harmonize. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> That's exactly. No, no, but I actually, actually. Uh, Found that I'm not the only one. I think uh, Bezos says the same. Uh, a couple of other people. Um, I don't. The, the, by that, what I mean is that the usual approach to say, uh, I want to make sure that I save time for life and outside of work, and uh, my work is not after 6 p.m. And that is completely not how I think of it. Uh, I love what I do for work. Um, I, I do it on Sunday. I do it in the evening. I, I just, I just, it's fun for me to go and uh, and and, uh, and try to get one more customer or try to do a spec of a product. So the the, the harmony is that because I'm happy with what I do, I uh, I'm happy with my family, and I I make sure that I do the amount of time with my family that I think is uh, uh, both appropriate for my family and makes me happy. But so, for example, I, my, I have two teenage daughters uh, in LA and I spend time with them and they, uh, I will be on my computer on, on a Sunday and they see that I'm working. But, but if they have any question or any help or anything, I'm, I'm there for them. So it's not like I'm close from them. It's more that I say, look, daddy enjoys uh, what he does. He, he does his work. Uh, and, and, and I think it will be healthy for them later that they don't think that uh, work is painful and that you have to uh, save time. They can be super enjoyable. And, uh, and, um, and the, so the balance is more, in a, uh, it's not so much a balance as if there was a, a trade-off. It's more of a harmony in that everything is working well together. It's it. There's a there's a, many of the guests who come on this show. It, they do that challenge because they love what they do. So it's not a matter of separating work and life because a lot of the time their career is a large element of their life because they love what they do. But it's just that prioritizing when when it's necessary to to you know as you say, if your daughters need you, you're there for them. If my sons need me, I'm there for them. If my Wife needs me. She lets me know that I need to be there for her. Um, <laughs> the, the, the wife is easier because they, <laughs> they, they come across quite vocally. Yeah. So you, you don't. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be a mind reader to understand these, <laughs> this this language. But uh, right. yeah, but it's you know it's it's that prioritizing. I think that the the time when the harmonizing sometimes come or, or, or even the balance is when you don't enjoy your career and you're just in there grinding the mill and not being productive um i think that's the important personally i think that's the importance of doing something that you love to do that makes sense yeah um number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out well the big one is related to the uh uh, this biggest uh, business mistake that mm. i mentioned earlier okay. where, where where i listen to advice and and what so it's hard to give advice about not listening to advice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yet I'll try. Oh, the irony. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. I'll try. I'll try. Um, and and uh, what, um, what I've uh, concluded that it's not so much you don't want to ask for advice, but it's not advice that you ask for. It's information. 
So you want to, you want to go to people who've done it before, right? And you want to ask information. Another advice, you don't want to say, so what do you think I should do? Because they don't know what you should do and, and you should know what you should do. But what you'd ask is, so did you have this particular problem and what did you do and why did you do that? And then what you try to do is build your own causal theory of what has caused what, right? So, uh, you know, what, what has caused Einstein to be smart was not his mustache, right? Uh, crazy hair, right? So it's not like, oh, I should have crazy hair and a mustache to, it's like, what did he do? How did he go about it? Uh, what, what so that, that's the uh, advice I would give. Overall, if you, if you, um, and another way to phrase it, to say, just go start and rely on the data. Try to be, try to always look at the data, find a causal theory of why something is. And, and uh, we have the same approach with our employees here at uh, TD Piper. I, we don't lay off people based on, on um, performance metrics. Like we say, oh, you, you missed your numbers. If you missed two months again, you're out. Because we, we say we should have a theory of why that person has these numbers and what we can do to help them. And it's only if the theory tells us that we're not going to be able to fix it, then then, then something will happen. But, but the goal is to first fix it and to fix it, you have a theory on, on what causes what and how you can uh, get to something. So long answer for the advice of an entrepreneur is like, Look at the data, build your own theories of, of why things behave a certain way and, and make sure that you check your theories constantly with data and yeah. uh, not with advice. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay, number seven is what is your definition of success? Love the question. So that, that is a very tricky question, right? What is success? So um, I recently read... Um, the book by Daniel Kahneman, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. And Daniel Kahneman has done some research on happiness, which is not directly uh, success, but is related. And what he found is that there are two very different things. One is called uh, experience happiness, and the other one is life satisfaction. And it turns out that life satisfaction is actually more important than experience happiness, that people optimize for life satisfaction, not, not, uh, not experience happiness. And I think that that's that's a better framework for definition of success. Success is what brings you life satisfaction. So you 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 are, this is your relationship. And it turned out that we all have different goals for life satisfaction or different different uh, metrics for life life satisfaction. Right? We 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 don't need to. Uh, to be Bill Gates, achieve uh, Bill Gates wealth to have life satisfaction. And, and, and so that su- success is, is achieving, for me, is meaning uh, achieving life satisfaction. And, um, and that's different from one person to the other, uh, but, but everybody, so for example, right now, I'm very focused on making Chili Pepper a success. I want to help all these salespeople. I want to build a company uh, where employees are happy, uh, travel around the world, and, and so, um, I can see a world where if, if things, these things happen, I'll be very satisfied. Uh, and I would definitely call that success because uh, it will bring satisfaction to, uh, to everybody. Um, so that's, that's how I think of it. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the realization. It's realizing about your personal idea. It's one of the reasons why I asked this question, because there's so many people out there living someone else's version. 
Yeah. You know, whether it is social media telling them that this is what it should be, whether it is whatever. And if if anything good comes out of what's going on in the world right now, it's that people stop for a second and just get in tune with, am I moving in my direction or am I being led by someone else's belief that yeah. that's what it should be? And there's a there's a part of me that hopes people can stop for a second and reflect and go, the world, I'm going to be happier, i.e. life more satisfied with life, more fulfilled, and ultimately in some ways happier and everything else, if I'm doing it my way, not necessarily what so-and-so says on Instagram or, or what someone says on the news. I think that, that is our own individual personal journey that you know that we only get one crack at the whip and i think that's that's what our mission should be is to to have that life satisfaction you're absolutely right the truth is it's not easy because we uh imitation animals is just how we are so we we do tend to imitate and and to a large extent it's useful we learn that way we 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 aim high that way but there there's this subtle balance where you kind of imitating out of boundaries right so yeah, you yeah absolutely. That, is not, that is not for you and and you're right that that's the key to be able to acknowledge that and and uh, and be able to set up your own uh, your own goals and and definition of less satisfaction so so the final question is it isn't a question I, i've normally ever had to ask but obviously we're we're in this this season has been recorded during Corona and you know the the economy is being tested and people are being tested and you mentioned yourself that you haven't been um, you've been unwell. What yeah. are you what are you doing in order to? Because obviously you've said you are quite a virtual. Your company is spread all over the globe. This this off online type of running your business is not new to you. But what has the way things are? Is there any lessons that have come out of this for you to? look at implementing in your business or in your life to Im improve it in some way there's been uh one major lesson is um uh as i got sick um i looked at this position that you read in in, in the Wall Street journal and in other places where they call oh, the economic damage that we're inflicting on ourselves is, is worse than the disease and i looked at that and i think you know, uh, I actually wrote that on, on a post. Uh, uh, how much of my wealth would I give up to keep my family safe? And the answer is every single penny. <laughs> so these are two different, uh, it's a different uh, order of, uh, of choice. It's like, it's first is life, right? Life and, and, and health. Money is great, uh, then it's, but it's not the same category. You, it's, it's only like, so that, that, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, of course, you can think of it in the soft term. But when you, when the disease ha hit you, when you can't work, or the money is, is becoming challenging, and you you uh, you think of it, it, it can very came across very strongly that is the right thing. And that and in a, the society level, we should focus on saving lives first before making money. And if money is is going to be a challenge, then be it because that's our goal. So that. For me, it was a clear lesson from that crisis is that let's get our priorities right. The second thing is uh, um, trying to bring solidarity. So often crisis uh, 
do a good job with that and they expose solidarity. So for example, uh, here they don't do it so much, but in, in, in France, in Paris, uh, every evening at 8 p.m., um, citizens go out on their balcony and clap uh, for the health professionals who are doing such an amazing job. Right? And I, I found that beautiful. I found yeah. that beautiful. I was in tears watching them uh, yeah. in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful. That's human solidarity where we we help each other. It's actually the number one value of Chili Pepper is help. Uh, it's completely beautiful. So if, if that crisis kind of reignited this solidarity among human beings, that would be definitely a silver lining to it. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's lovely. Um, okay, so we're on the final bit. This is a, a place for you to share how people can find out more about you, where they can go to um, find out more about um, Gypsy Timer and uh, Chili Piper. Um, the floor is now yours, good sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so the idea is to come to our website, uh, uh, chilipiper.com. It's a play on words, so it's piper, uh, not pepper. It's a play on chili pepper, chili piper. And if you come to our website, we, 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 we actually automate the inbound process. So you will come, you'll fill a form, and we'll directly be in touch with somebody. Uh, and I'd love to help everybody uh, in, with their inbound process. Gypsy Time, uh, as I mentioned, is G-I-P-S-Y time.com. That, that uh, task manager always focused on uh, uh, achieving. Uh, we'd love to get uh, people to try it and hopefully uh, enjoy it as much as I do. Yeah, I am. I am going to get that. Um, right. As soon as soon as we have ended this call, I am. I am going straight on there to have a look at that one because that fascinates me. So That's I'm looking good. forward to playing with that one. <laughs> be be, 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 be um, kind. Uh, we, we at the beginning we're building these features and focus on achieving. There's a lot more features, so uh, try it and tell us what you think and come back as we add more features. Yeah. Always love giving feedback. Awesome. Um, sir, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I'm wishing you the greatest success. Thank you, Jeff. First of all, let me just say a huge and massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know you're listening. I really appreciate the support. If you would like to know more about me, the services I offer, how to connect with me on social media, then please visit www.successiq.co.uk. Remember, if you're interested in learning some great strategies that I teach or want to be part of the amazingly supportive community where you can find lives, Q&A sessions and other great educational empowering resources, then take and make the impact that I'm aspiring to do. ...can create a lifetime of results. See you next week.